amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's behind. KCAA Radio, Loma Linda, where no listener is ever left behind. The following program on KCAA is pre-recorded. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Sunday. It's another beautiful day here in the Inland Empire. Hope you guys are enjoying your day. I know we are. Uh, you guys listen to Whatever Works on KCAA 106.5 and 10.50 AM. I'm your host, Sam Works. I'm Kyle Kerrigan. My name is Tristan Newell. And tonight, we're going to be talking about training dogs. Uh, Tristan here. Uh, we'll, we'll let him speak. Go ahead and give a uh, little background about yourself. So, a little background from me. My name is Tristan Newell. I am 21 years of age. I started dog training around 19 and a half, 20 years old. And my cousin is actually the one who invited me on to become a dog trainer. And um, what had happened was I was looking for a job and I knew my cousin worked with dogs all the time. He did a lot of things, Christmas tree farms, helped with animal control in Redlands. And um, he just invited me on to his crew, and he taught me a lot with dogs. I started as a kennel tech. I started working with dogs, um, taking care of animals, feeding his farm animals, basically taking care of his ranch and the dogs that would board with us um, through his company. And um, the longer that I stayed with this company and the, long, the longer I worked with Chris, my cousin, he just asked me, he's like, hey, how about you just dabble with some training? Um, how about you just start walking with some dogs? and feel them out and basically just walk dogs. So I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think of like a wide spectrum of it. I was like, okay, cool. I'm cleaning kennels. I'm working with animals. I walk dogs. Right. But then the longer that I worked with him, the longer that he kept me on my knowledge of training with dogs through him and those that I work with just grew a bunch. Right. Mm -hmm. And I never had a passion to work for dogs, but since I started working, I realized how much I loved animals. Right. Okay. Working yeah. with dogs, training Definitely. with dogs, doing a lot of research with different types of training because there's just a vast amount of 
training types. You'll never find a single trainer that does the exact same thing as someone else, ever. Huh, interesting. It's always different. Their minds are always different. You want to just basically pick their brain, and you just collect little things all the time, right? Okay. And um, ever since then, ever since I actually started walking dogs, I just grew in love with it. And it's just been a great experience ever since. That's pretty cool. Uh, so what's the what's the company that you work for? The company I work for is Enlightened Dogs Training. We're located in Cherry Valley, over there off of Bowman Avenue on the corner of um, Orchard and Bowman Avenue over there. That's his main location. He had a location in Calamesa for a little bit, but now we have a bigger facility, a lot more area for training. We do agility courses, nose, nose work classes, um, we work on social skills, leash work, obedience, aggressive dog handling, um, and behavior modification. Oh, nice. Basically just working for your family pet, you know? That, that's pretty oh, okay, cool. Okay, yeah. Um, how many dogs do you have in there at a time? Like, So it ranges. Okay. Right. Um, uh, Chris, he actually just got a, another facility in Yukaipa. Oh, so that, okay. So that holds, I believe, 15 dogs right now. Hmm. He has kennels at his ranch. That holds about, I believe, 10 to 15 mm-hmm. at a time. And then the main facility in Cherry Valley, which holds, I believe, 12. Okay. There are okay. times when all of them are filled at once. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to, to handle and grasp. But yeah. the fact that we train dogs that board and board and train with us, board and train is basically leaving your dog with us to train and they sleep with us at the facilities, right? And it's either a 10-day, a two-week, or a three-week. In that time, we work your dogs. Okay. Like six sessions per dog per day, right? Trying to get them to just move so we can get those dogs out and then get some more in. Because okay. a lot of people need help with their dogs. A lot of people don't know how to go about helping their puppy or helping with a dog that has anxiety or aggressive problems on leash, right? Mm. So there are so many dogs in the area, just in the area of Inland Empire that just need help with their dogs. So it's like we work them through a lot. That's, that's nice, dude. That's awesome. Um, before we get any more deeper, uh, Kyle, why don't you give us a shout out to our sponsors? Yes, sir. SNJRadio.com. No negative news, no politics, just feel good music. And our man, Secondhand Sam, up at Second Chance Thrift Store next to USA Subs on Yucaipa Boulevard. There we go. Yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about dog training. Um, if any of you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to call in at 888-909-1050. That's 888-909-1050. Uh, Tristan's been doing dog training for about two years now, right? Yep, about two, two and a half. Yep, uh, uh, over here in Cherry Valley. And Are you going to be working the one in Yukaipa? I'm actually working both. So it's not like a main facility where it's two separate locations. We transfer dogs. We have the same employees and coworkers that just basically flop. We float oh, okay. sometimes mm-hmm. to where we go back and forth, right? Okay. My main location is the Cherry Valley location. It's where I started. And um, then I go over to Yukaipa towards the end of the week. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, two big questions that I have. Um, one, uh, can you teach old dog new tricks? Definitely. The, so the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, it's not true, right? Okay. It's, it's not true because all that dog training is is consistency and patience, mm. right? You have to just be consistent with the same training, same ways you train, um, same words you train with, 
you have to figure out your dog and how they will listen and focus with you because when you get that focus that's when you can really just go to work with them right and it's a great favor for you and your dog it builds a great bond with you and your dog right your dog learns that you're the leader and you can control them and they can trust you right and no matter what the age we've worked with many dogs very old i think one of the oldest dogs that i can remember is a 10 year old dog wow yeah and um so was it like 70 right because dogs have like seven years a year? i don't even know if i believe that either okay. i just think of a dog's me, me small lifespan <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah it's just different in my opinion um but yeah like their minds are a little bit harder sometimes mm-hmm. but they can collect the knowledge as long as you're consistent and you make it fun you know you don't want to be very controlling very strict you don't want to have a heavy hand all the time you want to make sure that your dog that you're working with is having a great time too when you go through all this training and you know try to discipline all these dogs from doing this doing that or breaking old habits or creating new habits mm-hmm. um, do you apply that to yourself like in like everyday life definitely yeah because you have to change first of all the way you train but you also have to change your mindset mm-hmm. right it takes a very neutral mind to train many dogs right there's mm-hmm. so many dogs to train there's so many different personalities in dogs hey joe i think we have a caller would you like to pull him in real quick we're gonna put that on pause um all right let's see if we got a caller coming in right now Hey, you are now live on KCAA. How are we doing? Um, good. This is Hotase. Say again. This is Hotase. Oh. Oh, hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. Do you have a question for our, our guest Tristan here about dogs? Yes, I do actually. Go ahead. I I have a eight year old uh, poodle named Sasha. She's always warned me about uh, when she has to use the bathroom and all these things. But randomly, it started like two months ago, she won't warn me when she has to go, and she just goes poops and pees in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering sorry, what happened, why is she doing this, what can I do to fix it? Um, so what are some things that you've noticed? How many times do you take her out to the, go to the bathroom? Um, what are some signs that she used to give you? to where you get nothing now? No, oh, well, she used to come up to us and like whimper or like nibble at my toes or something. And we always take her out in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Okay. To the back. And how long of a period do you take her out for? Uh, usually she, she'll go like within the first five minutes, but we'll leave her out there, play with the kids in the neighborhood and stuff for you know, a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, has she ever shown you signs to like go to the door? Has she like gone to the spot that you take her out instead of her coming up to you now? Have you any, have you noticed anything like that? Uh, no. So have you watched her use the restroom at all, like in front of you, or is it just well, you? Stopped, you find I it. I stopped doing that a while ago because it was like such a routine that she just would just do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's good that you do change it up, um, just because sometimes with some older dogs, their bladders get a little weaker now to where it's like almost like a puppy to where your dog needs to go out a lot more than usual. Mm-hmm. And some dogs get different habits and try and like cue you in another way. Um, do you normally like 
let her out in the backyard, or do you like take her on leash? I just let her out in the front. Oh, you put her in the front. Okay, so basically yeah. just in a yard still, correct? Yeah. Okay, and um, how many times have has she used the restroom in the house? Like a day? Recently, at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. And it's usually random, like different? Like it's not just um, urination? Yeah, it's like middle of the day, oh, I'm going to go pee. Or middle of the night, I'm going to go pee. She only pooped once. Does she go in a specific spot? No. Hmm. So it does remind me of like a puppy sort of mindset of using the restroom to where it's like your dog's got to go, you got to go, right? Yeah, yeah. It just seems like your dog needs to go out just a little bit more. Um, if you're letting her free feed or letting her drink water all the time and just leaving it down, that could be another issue to where you don't have timed feedings or you don't take water up at certain times. Oh, uh, okay. Because that could be a big one as well to where your dog's free access to food and water and the bladder will just fill up a lot quicker than normal to where she'll just use the restroom when she has to. No, so it's like a combination of old age bladder problems plus like being able to drink water whenever she wants exactly. to. Exactly. It, it could be one of those issues if you want. Um, what I do with like puppy training or how I tell um, – some of our clients about puppy training and how to help with pottying, um, time the eating and time the drinking, and then switch up to a schedule feeding. Oh yeah. Because then you can time how long it'll take for your dog to use the restroom to where you can sort of get a routine again for your dog and be able to take her out when she has to go. Okay. Okay, sounds good, I think I'll try that. Great, thanks for the question. Awesome, thanks man. Thank you. All right. All right you have a good day. You too. Happy you Sunday. You as well. Happy Sunday. Happy so, Sunday. So let's just stick on the stu uh, subject of, you know, dogs using the restroom inside mm -hmm. the house. Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you discipline a dog when it comes to like that? Like when we were younger and we had dogs, they would always piss and, you know, poop inside the house. Yeah. And what we would do is we usually like shove their nose in it yep. and like smack them a couple Very times. Very classic. You know? Such yeah, a yeah. classic <laughs> mindset to just punish your dog like that, right? Yeah. So if you don't catch your dog in the act, basically, you can't punish anything because in your dog's mind that when they use the restroom and then like 30 minutes later, hour later, or whenever you find it, you come home, right? You grab their nose, you put it um, in the spot to use the restroom and then you spank them, put them outside. It doesn't do anything but sort of hurt the bond that you have with your dog because your dog is just going to feel just disappointed, mm. right? Because they're not going to put two and two together like that was me, right? Like it may be their scent, but they don't know what they're getting in trouble for, right? Mm. And so say you catch your dog in the act of using the restroom, I wouldn't even punish either. I would just snap them out of it. Like if you see them looking around, snapping out of it, I would, or I would snap them out of it and then bring them to the outside or put them on leash, bring them outside, right? I would get them as quickly as possible to go outside, and then when they use the restroom, then I mark it as a good thing, right? So uh, okay. I'm not going to punish inside. I'm just going to get them out of the moment of using the restroom and take them outside, right? Um, a lot of things, like say if it was a puppy, there's pee pads in the house, right? Pee pads, your dog pees on those pads, poops on those pads. If you notice consistently your dog is going to those pads, your dog is ready to go outside. Your dog's ready to jump from going in the house to the outside the house because the more you keep the pee pads inside, the more it enables the use of the restroom inside, right? Mm. 
to where. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Um, when you get rid of those pee pads, use an old one. Use an old one, put it outside. Get them used to going outside. Get them used to smelling their scent on the pee pad. And they're like, oh, my pee pad's out here now, right? Mm. So you're going to put them outside. So I don't recommend disciplining, grabbing their snout, putting it in the area, right, and spanking it because it's just going to discourage your dog. Right. Okay. You can train it a different way. It can be a lot more positive, and it's just redirecting that action to go outside. Okay. Interesting. I, yeah, I have a funny story. So I have a dog. Uh, she's half pit, half American bulldog. Mm-hmm. Her name's Tinsley. Super cute dog. Um, and we when we leave, we would have her in the cage inside. Yeah. And I come home one day, and the house just smelled nasty i was really? like i was looking around i was so mad i was looking around the house looking for the, the dog poop you know what i mean and i couldn't find it anywhere yeah but i had a balance i had to leave so i took her back in the cage locked her up and as i was walking outside she was screaming she was yelping and this and this and this and i found out that she took a dump inside the cage yeah and but when i left i was gone for about like an hour or so yeah and she was just she had the worst experience because she's she's stuck there like yeah. with her with know? her own uh, smells yeah. basically, yeah. right? Um, it's actually a common thing when we get boarding dogs, right? Because some puppies really don't know how to hold in their bladder. They have yeah. certain increments that they need to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. Um, what my boss has told me, Chris, he's told me I believe the say if it's a puppy, the month of the dog, add it by one, and that's how many hours that they can hold it. So it's like a four month old pup. Add it by one. So your dog can hold in for about five hours. Okay. Right? When it comes to needing to pee, it's about 10 to 20 minutes after drinking water for puppies. Okay. Right? Interesting. Um, but, yeah, normally the dog will not use the restroom in their kennel unless they really, really have to. Right? So if your dog did not get that break to use the restroom and to get out, mm-hmm. um, then they'll have an accident. Right? right. To where... They do not like being around their own scent. That's why most of the time if your dog has a spot in the backyard, they'll use the restroom in that spot because that's their area. And you notice they will never hang out in that area because that's the, the restroom, right? Like you're not going to go hang out in your own bathroom, right? Like uh, there's yeah, no yeah. reason. Oh, right? okay. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird how dogs do work and like they just sense their own smell and they just don't want to be around it. Just like how we don't like the smell of like your dog using the restroom. They don't like it either, right? Mm. Okay. But just make sure you let your dog out. That's it. <laughs> there is a, another thing I was told, um, like when you, you know, you take your dog out for a walk, whatever, and, and it's like, it's marking his territory, but like peeing in certain areas. Yeah. Um, I was told like if your dog ever ran away, like it runs to those, those landmarks, those spots. Is that true? Because honestly, that's how we found our dog. Cause we, we used to walk her like a certain route. Yeah. And then one day, like she just, she was missing, you know, she was out of the house and we were like, okay, where does she usually use the restroom? And she was actually in one of the spots that she goes to all the time. That she marks whenever she goes on the walk, mm-hmm. correct. Um, so I've actually never thought of the topic, but now that I think about it, one of my dog's gizmo, he marks on bushes and trees, mm-hmm. right? 
And when we used to walk him before he got a little too old, right? Because um, now he's just a little too old to go on those longer walks and um, to do those sort of things. So we'd basically take him to the driveway and back, back home. Um, he would mark on specific spots. It would be almost every bush, but he just loved going to those areas. So whenever he had the chance to dart out that door, every time I would see him, it would be at the exact spots that he used the restroom. Hmm. Because they're just inclined, knowing that that's their area, they claim it, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So like they're gonna just continue to go to that spot and make sure it's theirs. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, the other important question that I was um, wondering is do you guys train um, police officer dogs? Like, do you guys do that? Any like police training with so, them? We don't do police training with dogs. My cousin actually works with police kennels, mm. as well as one of my other coworkers. He also works with police kennels, and they do bite work. They do scent work, and they do bite work for those dogs. But the dogs that we train, we do not work police. We do not work um, biting. We don't work um, anything that has to do with like aggression service, or, oh, service right okay. like it's basically like that that um canine service mm-hmm. right we don't work any of that we okay. do get dogs that um say board with us that have that experience and they are um in the police force but we do not train with that no so that means you don't train service dogs either we don't train to become a service dog okay. but we can train service dogs okay. right like we can't yeah. be sort certif- we can't be giving you the certs for a right, service dog, yeah. correct? Okay. Um, but we can help go to that level, right? Okay. My boss actually does um, um, Canine Good Citizen, which is a good certificate for, to have for your dog because it's one step forward to becoming a therapy dog or a service dog um, gets them into that, that mode, mm. that work for your dog. Okay. And do you... Besides Gizmo, do you have any other dogs at your house? Oh yeah, I got I got two other dogs. I have a Rottweiler mixed with an Australian Shepherd named Lola. Oh wow! She so with her breeds, you would think she'd have more of the Aussie. She doesn't look too much of the Rottie, just just the coloring, right? Oh, she's like brown she's brown and like that reddish. Yeah, brown, tan, and a lighter tan, right? Okay. Um, she's more small. She doesn't have the size of a Rottie. Okay, mm-hmm. she does have like the shorter neck, like a Rottie. Right, but she has the temperaments of just a calm dog. She can show um, guarding like a Roddy, but she doesn't care to like herd too much. She doesn't care um, to be overly excited. She has her playful moments, but she's a really calm dog. And then my other dog, which I rescued from Chris, he fostered this dog. Um, her name is now Millie. She is a boxer mixed with an American Bulldog. That's pretty cool. And um, she's the She's great. She's such a like well maintained dog, mm. right? Like she's easy maintenance. She'll listen on a dime. She'll be very playful. She loves to walk, loves to play with the ball. She has great ball drive. Um, no aggression to like go after a dog. She mm. loves to play. And I've always found that rescue dogs are probably the best. They've yeah. gone through life basically. Right, they've mm-hmm. gone through life. They've seen things in their life. Um, like Millie, she's she used to be um, homeless. She she was on the streets with a homeless person, right? And then she got rescued. And then um, I can see the attachment issues that she has. I can see the bond that she has with me mm-hmm. is just very strong because she connects to a person, right? Right. 
And you never know what you're going to get with the foster dog. You never know what you're going to get for a dog you find at the pound, right, or at the shelter because dogs go through different things, you know, different temperaments, different ways of life. And it's just interesting. Uh, how do you deal with dogs that have PTSD? So, like, more anxiety, more, like, shut-down dogs? Yeah. Right? It's a hard one, yeah. right? Like, earlier how I was talking about, like, fixing your own brain, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be very patient, very neutral, very open. You can't be pushy. You can't be too much for this dog, right? And all anxiety dogs have different ways to act, right? And... Most of the time, how I figured it out is I give no energy to them, right? What I mean by energy is like my presence, making them feel like they're pushed into a corner or making it to where I'm making my presence known to them. Mm -hmm. I'm basically just going to let them coexist with me. <clears throat> like I can have them out with me in a room and I'll just let them do their thing. I'm not going to control them. I'm not going to grab a leash. I'm not going to make them do what I want because we don't have that bond, right? Mm -hmm. Dogs with PTSD, it takes time. It takes a lot of time and patience. You have to be very calm, very docile, and just let them approach you. So you really know how, like, the way the dog brain, like, functions and the way it thinks, right? I don't want to claim that I do, but I know a decent amount, right? Uh -huh. Like, I'm not saying, like, I know everything, because I'll yeah. never know anything. I learn things all the time, right? right and yeah. even from coworkers I've worked with for over a year, I learn more things from them. Yeah. That's like you a know? breed by breed thing, too. Yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah. It's okay. breed by breed. It's, um, different minds, different litters. You just will get different reactions every single dog. And it's, it's interesting. It's basically like a puzzle when mm -hmm. it comes to training because you have to figure out what works best for this dog. And you said there's like a six-day, two-week, and a three-week training? A 10-day, a two-week, and a three-week. So how do you, during that time span, how do you figure out a dog that fast? Um, well, like I said, we do about six sessions per dog, mm -hmm. correct? But it's an all-day thing. Right. Think of your normal nine to five job. Right. You're going to be there eight hours a day. You get a routine down. You know how to handle certain dogs. Right. right? It's going to be the same thing where we sort of have a list to go through with dogs. It's not like a checklist. It's more of something we can spot quickly. Right. Okay. It's something okay. that we have to, like, figure out or see certain energies. We'll have them with us in, like, what we call our lane. It's like... Um, a lane between two play yards where dogs are playing, right? So we'll bring them in there with us, see how they are with dogs through the fence. If there's like any sort of fence tension, it's like, okay, a little high energy, right? If um, this dog doesn't care for any of the dogs, goes hide in the corner, okay, this dog's more anxious, more shut down, right? Doesn't know what to do, okay? So there's little things that we can pick up on quick. Yeah. And then after we pick on those little things, then becomes the bigger spectrum of how to attack it, right? Mm. Whether it be playing with a ball to get their attention on us, whether it be treats, whether it be playtime, whether it be um, physical touch, right? You have to sort of go through a different way of training every single time. Interesting. So I'm a. So help me break this down. So I went. I um. I was dog sitting one night, right? Mm -hmm. And this dog never met me before. Okay. And. This girl, she's like, oh, yeah, I call him Cujo because oh, he's just, yeah, you know, yeah. just biting stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so I walk into this house, and there's, like, a dog gate, right, in the mm -hmm. living room. And this dog was just nonstop barking. Yeah. And we do have another caller coming in, but Joe, uh, 
unfortunately is absent in his seat. So hopefully whoever's listening can just stay on the line and he'll he'll plug you in. Um, but so I walk in the house and the doctor's like, rah, 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 you know, like I just couldn't get the, the dog to calm down. Yeah. So what I did, hey Joe, we have another caller. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so the dog, I just couldn't get the, the dog to calm down. So I said, you know what, screw it. And I just, I hopped over the fence mm-hmm. or over the dog thing. Yeah. And then the moment I did that, that dog just shut up and sit down. Mm-hmm. So like, why do, why does dogs like bark and attack? Well, not attack, but like be a nuisance that's, until you. That's gotta be like a dominance thing now. Um, it's more, so the way he was sort of explaining it, it seems more of like he wants to greet you. Cause you didn't greet this dog at all, correct? You just basically sat there while he barked at you? Yeah, on the other side. Yeah. yeah, that was what it was. There was a barrier where it caused tension, caused a reaction to where the dog got frustrated and really wanted to meet you, mm. right? It could have been another thing, though. It could have been, what are you doing in my home? Could have been more protection, more of like a guarding situation. Mm. Um, but it's a good thing that it wasn't that, right? Because right? yeah. it could have been a problem. Yeah. But yeah. luckily, it just seems like the dog really wanted to greet you. That's all oh, it was. Awesome. All right, I'm glad to hear that. I will plug in the caller right now. Um, you guys are you are live on KCAA on whatever works. Say hello. How are we doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. What can I? What can we do for you? My my question is that uh, we have a two month old puppy. It's a mm-hmm. a um, husky collier, mm-hmm. and uh, just want to learn a little bit about the personality. Like personality of like what your dog. Border will collier be. husky, huh? So the personalities of a husky. Right, personalities of a husky is very hyper, very energetic. They mm-hmm. need they need works. Um, they can be a little crazy, a little bit restless. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with the border collie. A border collie can be energetic. A lot of the times, mm-hmm. you find border collies very distant, in my opinion, because they have sort of a herding mentality. So they will want to herd, say, a group of dogs, or if they're actually working like on a ranch or a farm, they would really want to go after like the goats, the sheep, the cattle, because that's their that's in their nature and their breed. Oh, right? damn. We have chickens, and it's going after chickens. Yep, that's a big one. Chickens are a big one, and it's not the safest because chickens are small. So it can become an issue. It can become more of a problem, right? Mm-hmm. But those two breeds together can cause basically a hyper border collie. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay. So, and awesome. what, what are some other questions? You. Is that is that about it? it? Yeah, just want to learn a little bit about the uh, breed and mm-hmm. what to expect, uh, what their personality is yep. like. Just make sure that you put in a lot of work for them, okay? Um, okay. Remember to train them mentally, but also train them physically. Okay, got it. Thank you, appreciate awesome. it. Hey, Have a good buddy, one. Thanks Thank for calling in. Happy Bye-bye. Sunday. Bye. Yeah, so when it comes to... Um, like that dog and chickens, like would I know like they would be like playful and stuff, but how do you how do you control the dog from attacking those chickens? So depending on how the chickens are, if they're free range or if they're in a coop, most of the time when they're in a coop, it's going to be a lot of rotating the fence with the dog, mm. right? If the dog is free range with the chickens and the chickens are able to do what they want, the dog's able to just hang out with them, it can turn into a different thing to where the dog will become more... Um, connected with the chickens okay. um so it's probably better that the chicken and the dogs are like free range right uh yes and no okay. because there can be moments to where the chickens can just 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Go off. Say they make a lot of noise. That dog will not want to herd. Right? And sometimes that herding can turn into like almost like an attack. But it's not attacking. It's more of just. Controlling? Controlling. Yes. Trying to control. Oh, okay. Trying to get them to mm-hmm. a section of the yard. And Either the like section that, of the yeah. yard, just moving them, like, yeah. or the dog is going to be bored and just go after them randomly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it could be a lot of things, right? Interesting, yeah. Um, I don't recommend the dog go bo- go with the chickens because chickens aren't based a herding type of animal. They do what they want. They, right. They just, they're there. You so know that I mean? dog will probably get really frustrated that it can't control the herd of the chickens right? oh, basically gotcha. or just for fun it'll go after the chickens mm. oh. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's a common thing and it's probably not good for the chickens either probably stresses them out very very much all right i got a couple questions uh one i was told uh i was told by a vet that smaller dogs typically have more anxiety than larger dogs do you find that to be true i do not find that to be true okay. um sometimes we have little dogs that are very dominant very um strong-willed, very confident, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and we find some big dogs that are very anxious, very shut down. It also depends on the breeder, right? Depending on what was bred into this litter, right? Okay. Personality from both mom and dad go into that breed, go into that, that batch of dogs, right? And depending on if it's a good breeder or, breeder or a, bre- a bad breeder, that dog can be born with those anxieties, with those uh, mental issues, okay. right? It doesn't just have to be something in life that triggers them to be that way. So it can be they passed can be down b- like humans. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I have I have a small dog. She's 11 now. Uh, she is a, a Chewini. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, she's very dominant, but oftentimes, like, the first time I noticed this, she was about one years old. Uh, she was shaking, mm-hmm. and it wasn't cold. So I was like, well, maybe she's cold, you know. I, you know, it's the first time I've had this type of breed. Mm-hmm. Wrapped her up in a blanket, and she was just shivering. So I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on? Took her to the vet. Uh, and they diagnosed her with anxiety. Mm. Okay. And um, so, you know, often the vet, uh, they're trying to push towards medication, different things yep, like that. definitely. And we we weren't really sure if we wanted to go that route. Um, what what's a natural way to help with uh, anxiety with dogs? So now um, you'll find a bunch of CBD stuff, right? There's a lot right, of CBD yeah. chews. There yeah. is um, what we have at our center is the Thunder Jacket. The Thunder Jacket is like this stretchy vest that wraps your dog snugly, like if it's getting held, and that can oh, calm okay. your dog too. 
um, a so dark room, something blocking them from going around, that can help your dog with anxiety. There's a lot of natural ways that you can just help your dog with the anxiety. One of the main things is don't nurture that anxiety. Don't be like, oh, it's okay, sweetie. It's okay, baby. Right? You're okay. not going to nurture that like we do as humans. Because with dogs, when you nurture in that way, it's giving them the okay to be that anxious and to be scared and to always want help to where they'll always be scared of things. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right, you guys, we're going to be going on a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking about dog training with Tristan. Uh, Give us about five minutes and we'll be right back. Thank you. From the Bureau of Economic Geology, this is Earth Day. Compasses point north by following the Earth's magnetic field. It's amazing when you think about it. There's an invisible force flowing out of the Earth's south pole and diving back into its north pole, pulling all compass needles to the north with it. Even more amazing is that the magnetic field is keeping us alive right now. Without it, there would be no life on Earth. We're talking Mars. Here's how it works. Our magnetic field is generated in the Earth's core. It flows outward through the crust and surrounds the Earth like a giant bubble called the magnetosphere, which extends more than 400,000 miles into space. But on the side that faces the sun, the solar winds squash it down to just 40,000 miles. It's the force of that magnetic field pushing back against the solar winds that keeps them from scouring away the Earth's atmosphere. Scientists even think that billions of years ago, when the Earth was first forming, our magnetic field helped trap the gases that made up our atmosphere in the first place. By contrast, when a planet loses its magnetic field, its atmosphere declines with it, like we see on Mars. Magnetic field means atmosphere means life on Earth. That's pretty mind-blowing. So the next time you see a compass, take a moment to remind yourself that our lives are made possible because we're living on a giant magnet. I'm Scott Tinker, and this has been your Date with Earth. Earth Date is produced by the Bureau of Economic Geology at the University of Texas at Austin. Earth Date is researched by Julie Hennings, written by Harry Lynch, and distributed by Mark Blunt and Casey Walker. For more stories, follow us on Facebook or visit earthdate.org. We've all heard jokes that begin with a rabbi, a priest, and a minister walk into a bar. Well, a rabbi, a minister, and a deacon actually walk into the KCAA studios every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. to host the radio program, Religion on the Line. And that's no joke. Together, they offer a mixture of humor and serious conversation about things that really matter in life and how to make our lives happier and more fulfilling. They compare religious doctrine and learn from each other while bringing a unique perspective of religion to the KCAA audience. Listen every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. for Religion on the Line, the intersection of humanity and divinity, right here on KCAA Radio, the station that leaves no listeners behind.
This segment is sponsored by the Calamesa Event Center, and we thank them for their community support. The Calamesa Event Center, formerly the Calamesa Country Club, supports not only this radio station, but fun along with great memories in your future. They're ready for your special event. If you're looking for a sophisticated and friendly place to hold your special wedding, anniversary, birthday party, fundraiser, and more, then you need to contact the Calamesa Event Center. For a no-fuss, smooth event, contact Lori at 909-553-2619. That's 909-553-2619. Or Google Calamesa Event Center and get ready for fun. Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. Medium density fiberboard, MDF for short, can be a cheaper, more stable alternative to plywood if used in the right way. MDF is made from wood scraps that are broken down into fine fibers mixed with binders such as glue, then formed into sheets using high temperature and pressure. Most home centers carry four by eight sheets, usually half or three quarters inch thick. MDF is often a bit less expensive than plywood. It holds its shape and you can use it for shelving, cabinets, trim, and moldings. It's best for interior projects since it doesn't like moisture. One important caveat though, MDF contains formaldehyde, a suspected carcinogen. So you'll need to wear a respirator when cutting it and until it's properly sealed with paint or urethane, it continues to emit toxic fumes. That being said, if you take proper precautions when working with it, MDF can save you money and reward you with good results. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila. And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. If you guys are just tuning in, you guys are listening to Whatever Works on KCAA. I'm Sam Works, your host. I'm Kyle Kerrigan. I am Tristan Newell. And he is working at Enlightened Dog. Enlightened Dog's training. There you go. And if you guys are just tuning in and you guys want to go back and listen to what we're talking about previously, honestly, I can't even recap what we're talking about. There's so much that we're talking about. It was dense. Yeah, it was very knowledgeable, um, a lot of information out there. We had a bunch of callers, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, but we're going to continue talking about dog training and all this stuff. Um, but before we do that, Kyle, one more time, give our sponsors a shout-out. SNJRadio.com. No, no negative news, no politics, just feel-good music. And our man, Secondhand Sam, up at Second Chance Thrift Store. Next to USA Subs and Newcomer Boulevard. All right. All right, so I have a situation. My dog is on her period, and two things um, I'm wondering. A, is it bad to not get your dog fixed? And B, because she's not fixed, she's on her period, what can we do to uh, help her out a little bit? All right, so when a female is in heat, right, a female is in heat, she bleeds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it can be a problem. And it's not like a human's. Um, period or like time of the month correct it's not like just a quick week or quick week and a half it's it could go all the way to two and a half three months right it can can be a very long season (laughs) right and a great way to help with that there are 
either disposable diapers or washable diapers. I personally recommend the washable ones. Grab two of them, okay? Because then after one is used, you're able to wash that one, then put the new one on, mm. right? And you can just switch back and forth with those things. Okay. Save money. Yep, save money. A little if, better. If you <laughs> think to s neuter or spay your dog during that time as they're bleeding, it'll be a hefty penny at the vets, okay? Because she's already in it, right? Mm. Wait until she's out of it before you get your dog fixed. Um, but once you start it, you just got to wait. You just got to wait it out. Make sure you can just make it clean for her, but it doesn't do anything too much. The only thing it will do is if there is intact males, it'll make them go a little rowdy, right? Because females produce this pheromone that make the dogs go crazy, basically, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I just recommend disposable or reusable diapers, okay? Um, if your dog is not in heat already or your dog is a puppy, I personally recommend getting your dog fixed. Right, because if you're not going to breed your dog, what is the point of giving them the access to those arousing hormones? Right, right, yeah. because it can cause problems in the future to where it is harder to control your dog, right, and it can just cause issues later on. Um, your dog can be like inflamed after like a couple um, heats, right, and it can stay that way, right. There's a lot of ways to think about it, like there's a lot of the times where I hear breeders getting their dogs fixed at like four months or like three months before they can even sell them, right? Or I hear a lot of the times where clients will come in and say that their vet recommended a year or getting them fixed at two years, right? I personally recommend one heat cycle for a female and then getting them fixed after that cycle is done. And I recommend um, neutering dogs that are males um, when they've basically dropped, right? Okay. Right? That's the best time I can recommend neutering them because with males, the hormonal drive um, stays in their body, mm -hmm. right? So if they grow up to have, like, that dominating feature in their blood, right? It's a lot harder to control your dog, in my opinion. We've seen it with many dogs. We train dogs that are intact all the time oh, okay. or female dogs that aren't fixed. There's different personalities when it comes to those hormones, right? It's like growing up. Mm. It's like they're older, they're adults, and they're more stubborn. Right. Right? So I personally recommend getting your dogs fixed if you're not going to breed your dog. Okay, cool. And does it have any um, biological effect if you don't get the dog fixed and you're not breeding it? Um, I don't believe so. I've seen, um, I've heard a lot of things like if you fix your dog too soon, it can cause birth defects, or if you don't get your dogs fixed at all, it can cause effects, right? Mm. Um, so it all just depends on your choice, because regardless, something can happen or can't happen. You just won't okay. know with that dog, right? Okay. Um, but that's why I recommend your dog goes through one heat cycle or waiting until the males drop. Right, because okay. then they do have that chance to grow up and grow mentally and their body grows and becomes more mature, right? To where when that cycle is done, then you fix them, then they've grown in a maturity level to where they grow up a little better instead of a lot of times like with shepherds, you hear of like hip dysplasia, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a big one. I heard if you neuter or spare your dog before they've gone through that heat or before they dropped that it can make it happen faster 
but I don't know if it's like proven. Okay. Right. Um, this is another question. How do you break up a dogfight? That's a tough one, right? So dogfights don't always happen, right? So like with us, we're not just going to throw dogs to the fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have to figure out this dog's personality and figure out the other dog's personality. Because a playgroup isn't just two dogs, not usually, right? A playgroup can be three to, I think what we've had before is like eight, maybe 12 mm -hmm. dogs at a time, right? Um, there's a lot of deterrent tools, shaker bottles, grabbing an, a can, grabbing a, a bottle of cleaner that's already been used, putting rocks or coins in it, making a loud shaker, right? That loud noise can just break it up really quick, right? Mm -hmm. okay. There is squirt bottle options, you squirt the dog with water. There are a lot of protective tools as well. There are bite sticks where the bite stick is a flattened piece of wood with the point at the end to where you can get it in the back of the dog's jaw and basically touch like a gag reflex in the back of their throat that makes it just pop off and like they feel the need to throw up, right? Oh, okay. And that can break it up right away. Um, if it's a big dog fight, hoses are great a water hose spraying that dog right mm -hmm. it can just break out of that mentality of like going after the other dog mm -hmm. dog fights are also very dangerous in a big group of dogs okay because if two dogs are going at it it can cause a little fights everywhere else because uh, it's an energy thing yeah. right with dogs Brawlers. to where it can make it brawl exactly so um make sure that the situation and the surrounding area is detained mm -hmm. right making sure dogs are separate making sure dogs are are away from each other um, understanding when to step in is a big one, right? Because there's certain times where dogs can latch on, okay? Dogs yeah. latch on to certain body parts of the other dog. And if you try and, like, tear them tear out, right, it can ca cause lacerations on their skin instead of just a quick puncture or, like, a, a wound like that, mm -hmm. right? It can be um, if your dog isn't, like, um, attached or anything and they're just going, like, bouncing back and forth, right, where you see dogs jump up, mm. attack, bounce back, right? You can step in then, water hose, squirt bottle, noisemaker, right? They even have noisemakers like at Petco, PetSmart. That's almost like an air horn, but it doesn't make that loud whistle, right? It's oh, just okay. a large compression of air that's very loud. And dogs hearing super sensitive. very well, I'm super sensitive. Mm. So it gets them to just break up out of that. Yeah, I have uh, one time I brought <laughs> Tinsley over to my uh, my mom's house and she's a female and our other dog she's also a female her mm -hmm. name her name's nova yeah and they were cool at first they're hanging out blah yeah. blah and tinsley was just sitting there you know didn't didn't move or nothing she was completely still but nova just started attacking her right okay and so we tried to break it up and what i did i just i just scooped up my dog from underneath the belly mm -hmm. and i picked her up but during that time, like Nova was still trying to like bite at her and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and I was like swinging around, spinning, and then I, I dropped the dog, and then my stepdad he came with the hose, <laughs> but he did not like he, he, I mean he got the dogs, but he got everyone too, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it just went crazy. It's it's such a like crazy experience too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, so fast. fast. It's very fast. So fast, and, and then and then my brother, yeah, um, he just tried to just pull him apart, and uh, one of the dogs just. Bro, on his finger, almost took his finger off, dude. It was really? so gnarly. Was dude. like the nail falling off, or was it the actual finger? It was like the finger was joint the finger. with like the pad and everything. Like yeah, wow. it was so intense, dude. And then um, 
my, my brother actually just got surgery on it uh, a couple days ago. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's so gnarly, bro. Like, he had to get yeah. a bunch of stitches around his finger and yeah. stuff because Jeez. he didn't get it fixed when, um, the incident when happened he was supposed course. to. Yeah. yeah, so, like, it started, his finger was all, like, deformed. Oh, uh, yeah, so he had growing to, bad. Yeah, so mm -hmm. he had to get surgery and stuff. But how... Um, how nasty is a dog bite when it comes to like um, getting infected and stuff? Is that is that highly, or? Well, regardless, a mouth of any animal or anything can be nasty, right? right. Um, but it's just how quick you take care of it, mm -hmm. right? So it's like as soon as he got into that um, that tussle and like broke up the dogs, right? And he noticed his fingers was injured. I would have instantly put it underwater, grabbed some alcohol poured it on there, um, cleaned it off, mm. put some gauze and wrapped it up and then went to the hospital, right? Yeah, that's, that's it would have exactly. been completely fine. He wouldn't have had any infections. Deformity wouldn't have shown because he got it fixed right away, mm. right? Um, but obviously if you wait, there are chances dirt or bacteria, um, bacteria right? can just continue to fill your finger and it can cause an infection. It's just like people, you know, like we get infections, like with cuts, you notice like little yellow green spots on a scab or sometimes, yeah. sometimes, and it just means you need to clean it, right? Like you can just clean it off and it'll be good. Yeah, so it's not like a life or death situation. No. Your finger is no. not going to just like fall off. Obviously, if the dog had like rabies. issues, rabies, yeah, it can cause problems like that. And how, how can you tell if a dog has rabies? Is it like foam out of the mouth or is that just like another myth? So like I've actually never experienced any dog with rabies. I've never experienced an animal with rabies, but I'm sure you guys have seen Old Yeller, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's it's true. There's aggression um, foaming out the mouth, right? Basically a disoriented brain. Mm. And it causes the dog or the animal to be aggressive, right? Okay. And it's just little things that you can find out where it's just constant like aggression, um, the dog's not acting right and Obviously, there there was an problem. instance when I was younger. We used to have a dog named Freeway because we found him on the freeway. Oh, nice! That's a good name. Um, That's yeah. a good name. This was like way back when I was little. He passed away when I was like five, mm. but um, I remember this like one of my earliest memories. Uh, there was a dog that was walking, and, and uh, Freeway got out of the yard, mm -hmm. and they got in a fight. But the other dog looked kind of drunk, mm. and with, like red eyes was like bit freeway got rabies mm. mm -hmm. oh, wow and so it was just like it was crazy because this other dog like like he was drinking it was like yeah. weird you just it's look psychotic it's it's disoriented yeah it messes with the brain functions of an animal yeah oh wow and so yeah that was that was a crazy thing to witness at four it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy you like remember it so well though yeah you know? it was well it was like i was four so i was like what the <laughs> you know? you're like, is that dog drunk? Yeah, you're like, what is going on? And it's like at, at that age, you're just like, I was oh, terrified, dog, right? Yeah. I was like, terrified. Oh, definitely, yeah. I would be too. Yeah, so it's a, a lot to deal with. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, do you like what do you recommend for people who just got new dogs or um, they don't necessarily want to go to a dog trainer? Um, how would you train dogs at home? Personally, do your research. Okay, not just do your research to train your dog. Do research for your breed that you're looking at, okay? You're looking at a German Shepherd, like, oh, I see German Shepherds everywhere, right? Those dogs are bred for work, right? Mm -hmm. You see them all the time with um, police. You see them all the time with like military, like they are trained to work. So make sure that the breeder that you're looking at focuses on the family aspect, the calmer side, the side that's not dominant and aggressive. Okay. okay. Because 
like, like we talked before, the personality traits of um, the mom and dad go into the puppy, right? So make sure you do your research. Um, if you found the dog you want and you're like, yeah, I can handle that dog. Some dogs are very high maintenance. Just know what you're getting yourself into because then when you do the research, look up specific things you want. How to train your dog to focus with you, to listen to you, to come to you. The biggest one is recall, like I said, the come. Recall is one of the biggest things because as soon as there's a distraction or something that your dog is very focused on, it's going to be hard to get your dog back to you if you haven't worked on that already, mm. right? So just make sure you do your research. If you're not going to go to a trainer, to a professional, and get your dog trained, make sure you do your research. Biggest thing I could say. That's awesome. I have, I have a question. Um, we have one minute left. Okay. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, you still have two dogs. One of them passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, he was 18. So, okay. Uh, you you know we had to go the euthanasia route. 18. Wow. That's a pretty um, high age. Abby, the dog I talked to you about earlier, yep. she's uh, missing him a little bit. Mm. And so yep. I was wondering if you had any tips or tricks on how to calm her when she uh, when she points out to his bed or, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like you that. You can notice that your dog sort of has a depression, right? Yeah. Yeah, dogs have personality traits just like ant like humans, you know. Yeah. Um, a good way for, like, those depressive thoughts is getting your dog moved. Like, move, okay. move them around. Make them not like, focus on it. those things. Okay. Um, if yeah. you continue to have the other dog's things around, like the bed and say so its own it dog, out. I would say take it out. Okay. Right? Because it's just basically a new chapter for your dog, right? A new chapter for you as well. And it'll just help with um, letting go of that other dog. Okay, cool. Hey, uh, give a shout out to your company real quick, just in case if anyone wants to do some dog training, they can come to your guys' business. All right. So our main facility is in Cherry Valley, California. Zip code 92223. It is on Beaumont Avenue and the corner of Orchard over there in Cherry Valley. Um, I recommend looking on our website. We have a lot of great offers, great things for you to go for, depending on what you're looking for. We have all of our information to contact us, email, and both phone numbers, okay? My name is Tristan Newell. If you What's the website? The website is enlighteneddogstraining.com, I believe. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome, guys. All right. Hey, Tristan, thank you for coming in thank tonight. You, You're yeah. awesome. Appreciate dude. it, Kyle. I yeah. appreciate it a lot. This was you great. guys are listening to Whatever Works on KCAA. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Sunday. Reno Valley, Corona, and Riverside listen to KCAA. KCAA, the station that leaves no listener behind. This segment sponsored by the generous support of the Dream Team. Looking for the keys to something bigger and better? Downsizing or relocating to the perfect spot? Oscar Ramirez from Century 21 Lois Lauer Real Estate and Matt Flores from Secure Choice Lending are here to help you sell or buy with their trusted and experienced knowledge and advice. People are calling Oscar and Matt at 951-751-3249. That's 951-751-3249. Real estate and loan advisors Oscar and Matt can give you a no-cost consultation. You don't have to buy anything. Matt and Oscar can help you figure your way through the complicated real estate market. Email Oscar at LoisLauer.com or on Instagram at Oscar Ramirez Garcia and Matt Flores at SecureChoiceLending.com. Don't let today's real estate pitfalls stop you from dreaming. Make your new home dreams come true. DRE number 0207-0344. Se habla español.
The Green Chamber reminds listeners that one in every five Americans are affected by a mental health condition. If you or a loved one is suffering from depression, anxiety, or looking for an alternative to pain management, the time is now to put yourself first and make a positive change in your life. Located in Riverside, the Green Chamber's goal is to help you win the battle within. For all of your top quality THC alternative medicine needs and daily deals, stop in today or call 951-790-1135. That's 951-790-1135. We're on the air because they care. It's time to shop in the cool, relaxed comfort of the Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands, conveniently located on the I-10 freeway between the Alabama and Tennessee exits. Bring the kids, too, and watch them play in the only indoor fun center, High Five Indoor Playground, where parents are welcomed on the playground. Birthday celebrations are encouraged, so make plans for some great fun at the mall. More reasons why the Tri-City Center is called the Mall with a Heart. Hi, I'm food critic Alan Morgan, and I'm excited to tell you about Ray's Shanghai Bistro, located next to Redlands DMV on Lagonia in Redlands. Ray's Shanghai Bistro offers the largest and most delicious array of traditional and original Chinese dishes available in the Inland Empire. Some of my favorite dishes are the house-made potstickers, the crisp pork spare ribs with garlic, their unique spicy lamb with bamboo, the sweet and tangy deep-fried orange peel beef, mm-mm, and the savory basil spicy shrimp, plus lots of vegetarian dishes. Whether you dine in, pick up the food, or have them cater your next party or special occasions, you will see why Ray spelled R-U-I apostrophe S, Shanghai Bistro, is truly the best Chinese restaurant in the Inland Empire. Their website is raysshanghaibistro.net. That's raysshanghaibistro.net. R-U-I-S, shanghaibistro.net. Happy eating! You won't be disappointed. NBC News Radio. I'm Chris Caraggio. The National Hurricane Center says Tropical Storm Ian is rapidly strengthening as it nears Florida's Gulf Coast. All of Florida is under a state of emergency as the storm is expected to become a major hurricane on Tuesday and could reach the state by midweek. Ginny Thomas and Newt Gingrich are unlikely to testify at the final public hearing of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. There's an agreement in place uh, with Ginny Thomas to come and talk, and so the committee is very interested. Committee member Representative Jamie Raskin explained she would likely speak to congressional investigators behind closed doors. Appearing on NBC's Meet the Press, the Maryland Democrat says their final report on January 6th is due by January 3rd, 2023. Raskin went on to say that it's his expectation that Wednesday's investigative hearing will be the last one. However, Raskin says any relevant information provided by the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas will be included in some way in the report. I'm Chris Caraggio, NBC News Radio. Celestina KCAA Loma Linda at 106.5 FM K293CF Marino Valley. All right, good evening. Welcome to the Ferrandozier Show right here on KCA Radio 106.5 FM. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.